This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You might assume we're both good at presenting to a live audience because of this podcast. But at the end of the day, when we record, it really feels like we're just talking to one another. Presenting information in person in a formal setting to a large audience is something that still makes us really nervous. To prepare for a live speaking event we're hosting together, we turn to our masterclass subscription to not only refine our presentation skills, but to build our confidence in a different kind of public speaking capacity. Between Robin Roberts, Hillary Clinton, and Kevin Hart's expertise, our confidence skyrocketed. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Don't just talk about improving. Masterclass helps you actually do it. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master negotiate with Chris Voss, think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or plan your dream wedding with celebrity event planner Mindy Wise, Masterclass has you covered. There are over 200 classes to pick from, with new classes added every month, like our latest aha moments from Robin Roberts' effective and authentic communication class that we watched before our event presentation. She taught us how to establish a genuine connection with the audience from the start. I'll always be a little nervous before presenting, but Masterclass prepared us in a way that dialed my nerves down and gave me tools to ground myself. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Get 50% off right now at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists and owners of the therapy group. We're on a mission to make therapy and therapeutic topics more relatable and accessible. So stay tuned, because in order to grow yourself, you gotta know yourself. so excited to introduce our guest today, Candice Jalili. Candice is the senior sex and dating writer at Elite Daily. Her work can regularly be found in publications like Cosmopolitan, The Cut, and Time, and most recently, she's an author. Her debut book, Just Send the Text, can be found wherever books are sold. Candice, thank you so much for joining us. Oh my god, of course. This is like a dream come true. I was Wait, just telling you, I, I listen, like I'm a fan. <laughs> Wait, well, this is very full circle because you and I have been chatting for probably five years now. Mm-hmm. You're one of my favorite sources. <laughs> like We have been like randomly chatting for like different things. So like how fun, we've never met each other in real life, but yeah. we have talked like on and off for five years. And like, so when you reached out to me that you had this book coming out, like I was just so excited for you because you are someone who has put so much time and so much dedication into this field. And I think you're fabulous. I'm so happy you're here. So much. I also think you're fabulous. <laughs> and I feel like when we're talking about work things, I can't fangirl over you this much, but like I was first of all, a social media follower. Like I think- <gasps> of the Westchester Therapy Group Instagram page as like my, like if my therapist can't book an appointment, I'll show up <laughs> there and be like, I can find like a quote it's here. It's so much percent. <laughs> right, so easy. It's like on-demand therapy. Yeah. It really is. I've got all my friends following too. <laughs> God. So, okay. So now we have everyone out. Just send the text. I fucking love this. Tell us a little bit about the book. We got to talk about the Eunice. We got to talk about all this stuff, but give us a little intro. So I really want to, I knew I wanted to write a book about dating. I've been writing about it forever. I just kind of wanted to find an angle that I actually cared about. And I realized that I felt like every book in the dating space was a different version of like, do this to trick someone into liking you, do that to trick someone to liking you. And meanwhile, I'm noticing this issue of like, people reach out to me with their dating questions all the time. And it's like, everybody, myself included, I'm not single anymore, but when I was single, was so anxious about their love lives. And I'm like seeing these two things happening at the same time. And I'm like, obviously people are getting anxious about their love lives when we're time and time again being told that 
we have to change ourselves to find love. Like that's the only way to do it. Like you have to like be the chill girl, be the cool girl, be whatever it is that you think you have to be. Not like other girls, right? Like I'm different. <laughs> I'm so different. Yeah. And in the meanwhile, we're all doing the same thing. It's exactly the same, <laughs> it's exactly the same it's and it's not real. real, but you're so right. There's like this like massive pressure that I should like, I've heard people like some of the advice you've hear or read at some point, which is like, wait, specifically wait three i've heard people say put a timer on your phone and wait three hours to respond to a text that oh, seems like a lot of work to me it's <laughs> more anxiety inducing it's so stressful like you would think in theory maybe it's like focus on yourself like but it's not that it's wait so that you can just sit there staring at the clock until it's socially acceptable for you to respond like, obviously you're gonna go a little crazy also, and if someone is put off by the fact that you're texting back immediately, and that's a problem. <laughs> problem. Yeah. Huge problem. Because all I want to do is send 50 texts in a row. Right. So and if you have a problem with that, then I have a problem with you. Yeah, I'm not a good person. <laughs> but it it's very much tricking into like I like that you use this word because that is how it feels like right like like we're playing this game no one knows the rules to let's trick each other into shit and then guess what you're gonna be paying Jed and I a lot of money three years down the road when you married a fucking stranger and right and you're like oh I can't feel I, I don't feel like I can be myself in this relationship right where you never get to the point where you're like oh I feel like I can be myself because there's a fear of losing the person then yeah, 100%. I think that's what makes it so, I mean, just when you're hooking up with someone, when you're casually seeing someone, you're so scared that the minute they know the real you, they're going to reject you. But then on the flip side, I talk about like, when things end, then you, it's almost like a defense mechanism where you're like, well, they didn't really know the real me. So it's fine. Yes, right. Which is such a great way to keep yourself safe. Mm -hmm. it's a great way to not feel like truly feel rejected. So okay, so let's talk a little bit about the Eunice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, explain, because a lot of people have probably read the book. We are going to make sure it's all posted all over our social media for you guys to read it. But explain to us a little bit about the Eunice. So the Eunice is, at first I was saying, like, when you go, because I feel like when you're talking with your friends or whatever, at least in my group of friends, I'd be like, I was so crazy. I did, like, the craziest thing. And I was like, I really didn't want to use that terminology in the book because it's not crazy. Like, you're normal. Oh. Well, yeah. it's also just this, the word crazy has just been used for so long for men to put down women. Yes. Right. Yes. And to gaslight women. And to gaslight. It, that's exactly yeah. what it is. Is Huge. You're so unstable. You're so. Like, God forbid you want connection with me. <laughs> right? Like, you must be crazy. You want to be connected to me? You want to have a long-term relationship? You have a feeling. We've been, like, sleeping together for over a year, and you've met my family, and you kind of have a feeling for me. You right. Like, you're crazy. Right? Like, that is just so funny. So, yeah, the fact that you came up with a name is yeah, so like, helpful. So, tell us. Like, it's just this kind of, like, alter ego that we have. And sometimes when you're, like, getting so caught up in trying to make the other person like you and you end up doing those weird things, you kind of turn into a Eunice. Like, we all have that kind of anxious part of ourselves. Mm -hmm. So I called it turning into Eunice or like going into Eunice-ville every once in a while. <laughs> and right, so you kind of lose yourself. You go into this place and you see this like ongoing thing. It sounds like of like the ruminating thoughts of overthinking, yeah. of overdoing all this stuff. Yeah, it's like I have so many examples of it from real people in the book. But like there was one girl who said that she recorded herself on a first date to see what she was doing wrong. Like she recorded the whole day. And I don't judge her at all. I'm like. There was a point in my life where I'd have been like, that's a good idea. <laughs> a case study. <laughs> like, that, that is like getting to the point of being a Eunice. Like, you're like just so in your head about what am I doing wrong? Like, how do I like up my game and make someone like me? That's when you're getting to the point of being a Eunice. Well, and it's so logical and analytical, right? Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna act like it is. Uh, um, <laughs> I'm, a, I was about to make a football reference, and then like, wow, that's it. Wait, can I, you I was, just try? Can you try anyway? I was gonna say, like, right? It's like, oh, like we gotta record the play so we can oh, go good. over with the coach after. No, that was good. I feel like that was a good reference. Well, that's all I know about sports. There we go. <laughs> but which is just dating. Dating is my sport. Um, and so this thing where it's like, okay, like it's such an logical, analytical side that I think we've tried to. Put dating into but 
dating is emotions dating right like connection is so different than that but we lose ourselves in our anxious selves i think and i think being that anxious automatically will keep you from connecting with the person right like if you're so because when you're anxious and you're thinking about what am i doing wrong what could i change you're so in your head it's so hard to be present and actually feel connected to the person and so it makes so much sense and it's interesting because you know when you were you know I'm just thinking back like when you were dating and if there was someone you really liked right you would automatically be anxious and you wouldn't be able to really act like yourself but if you you know like were with people you didn't like with guys you didn't like girls you didn't like um, and you were just friends with them and you could automatically be yourself and then those people would like you or be attracted to you in some way because you felt like you could really be you and so it's so funny because when we're not trying that hard when we're just comfortable with who we are we're so much better able to actually make that real connection yeah no I fully agree with that the book was actually originally supposed to be called date like he's obsessed with you (gasps) that that was the concept like it was where does that confidence go you know like where does that that person you are who's so authentic who doesn't care who would show up and like a messy bun and sweats, whatever, like, and the person still likes you, that person ends up really liking you. Where does that person go as soon as you catch feelings? Mm. And I really wanted to like hone in on that idea of like, the right person does like you that much. So there's no reason for you to not be like that with everybody you're dating. Oh, I love that. Okay. So dating is inherently personal. We know this, right? We're putting ourselves out there to see if we're received by another person. So what are you, because th- you did this amazing research, right? Like the coolest thing about the book is all the people in the book. And so what you did all this research, you talked to all these people, what are your thoughts on learning how to take things less personal while dating? I think that's the hardest thing, right? Like that is the core of everything. Like you're just like so scared that if someone rejects you, it's you, like there's something inherently wrong with you. So you can't let them see that. It goes back to that like defense mechanism that I was talking about earlier. Like we like to be like, oh, well, I was, I was just playing the game. I was doing this, I was doing that. They didn't really know me, but then you're left with regret. Like you've protected your ego, but you're just stuck wondering what would have been. And I really think like, if you look at it like a weeding out process, like if they weren't able to really like you for who you are, good riddance. Like now you're free to go find someone who does like you for who you really are. Absolutely. A really fun fact about me that you might not know is that if I let my hair dry natural, it is a frizzball mess, which is one of the many reasons I absolutely love pros. I truly never thought that I would be able to embrace my natural hair texture. Ever since I switched to a custom hair routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Less frizzy hair, yes, but beyond that too. My hair is shinier, healthier, and so much more manageable. Filming the podcast every week makes checking out my hair unavoidable, and I have felt so much more confident on camera thanks to pros. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do. The custom shampoo and conditioner combo, plus the hydrating leave-in conditioner and hair oil, keeps the frizz at bay. It also makes for the smoothest blowout. People keep asking me if I got my hair cut or went to the salon, which is, of course, the highest compliment. Pros isn't just better for you, it's better for the planet. They're certified B Corp cruelty-free and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. I used this feature when I moved to my temporary house in New Jersey, back to my house house post-construction project in Pennsylvania. Environmental factors like water source is something that Pros takes into consideration with their customization. So it was very cool that I had the ability to update my location. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin, and they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. So you get a free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash shrinkchicks. 
I am thrilled that the weather is finally warming up here in Philly. I went to switch out my closet the other day from my fall winter wear to my spring summer wear and noticed that I very much needed a refresh. So thank goodness for Quince that allows me to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I refresh my closet with the high-waisted linen shorts that come in multiple colors and patterns, the comfiest cotton tees, and my latest favorite, the smocked mini dress. And don't miss out on their accessories. Quince has the coolest sunglasses and 14 karat gold jewelry to complete any look. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, making me feel even better about my purchases. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash shrinkchicks. It's not personal like it feels so personal but like one person's like my fiance is like really great to me like I think he's a great partner but like I don't think my best friend would find him to be like her dream man right <laughs> like it's yeah, just are they both listening to this episode and how do they feel about <laughs> both listening and agreeing like sorry man, I guess it's offensive to him <laughs> he's not everybody's man. but like I'm not everyone's dream girl like you just have to think about like Think of a date that you've been on. I I know I've been on dates where it's like, there was nothing specifically wrong with the person. He just wasn't right for me. Right, right. And it's, I think that because we take that personal and we think, okay, I need to change something about myself, right? So I'm not rejected again. And it's almost like protective in a lot of ways. Um but I always ask, I ask clients this too, when we think about rejection and talking about how it's not personal is like, think about someone you've rejected, right? Like think about someone you didn't connect with. Was there anything inherently wrong with them? Did they not deserve love in some way? Do you think that they're not going to be able to find connection somewhere else? Their answer is always no. Like they do still deserve love. They still, they will still find connection in that way. And so when we are taking it personally to think about it in that way, like just because this person I liked or I was into didn't feel connected to me, that hurts. I mean, a def to acknowledge the fact that that hurts is important, but also to say that does not mean there's something inherently wrong with me. It just, this sucks. Like rejection is a shitty feeling. Even, and not even in dating, right? Like rejection sucks whether you're applying for jobs. Rejection sucks. Like, you know, if, I don't know. In any way. You wanted for a fucking holiday or some shit, right? Like rejection. Well, even if it's like a small, yeah. like a small just rejection in conversation. Yes. Yeah. That's the worst kind for me. I know. <laughs> is it? Okay, wait, it's tell us. Rejection. I don't like those at all. <laughs> Um, all right. So, so you talked to all these people. What was it like to do the process of like the research for this book? That was so fun for me. Like, I really, really enjoyed that. I mean, I think there's like a line you have to draw because you don't want to feel like you're like mining your friends' lives for information. And like, they weren't all my friends. A lot of people were just like people who reached out on Instagram with their stories and who were so nice about sharing these things with me. Um, but I kind of like to think of my job as like a cross between sociology and English. Like I get to like study these social patterns. And I think that aspect of it is so fun for me. Like I enjoy listening to different, I always say like, I know I did a good article when like three or four of my friends ask if it was about them. Right. It like hits them. Yeah, oh, exactly. Wow. That's a really good way to think about it. Like, I know it's going to do well because like clearly it's something that feels so personal for so many people. And this was that to like the extreme. I got to talk just, it was like 50 something woman who made it into the book, but there were so many more people that I just talked to about their stories and noticed these trends. And like, I just, I felt like it like highlighted the Eunice thing a lot more for me of like, none of these people are crazy. There's nothing wrong with any of them. And yet like so many of us are convinced that like, we're so weird or like, I'm doing something wrong. Like something's wrong with me. I'm going to be single forever because I'm like this, this something like they've all chosen something that's like wrong with them. 
there is nothing wrong with them right well we and we also took this opportunity to pull our followers a little bit we were like why don't we do some research and then we can bring it up and so we asked our followers if the initial stage of dating someone is inherently anxiety provoking and 89 percent answered yes but who was the 11 percent i yeah i don't know it was a cucumber avoidant attachments <laughs> avoidant attachments they feel nothing anyway. they don't feel anything so when we asked them why the most we're going to give you some of the most common answers. Um, the level of vulnerability required, caring what others think, fear of rejection, the person you're pursuing has so many options, like dating apps, that's a good one. Um, previous negative experiences, fear of being alone forever, societal, familial pressures to meet the one. We've talked about that before and our feelings about that. Trust isn't yet established. Scared you're not good enough or likable. Expectations of what could be culturally acceptable methods of miscommunication. Those were just a few. We got so many answers on this, by the way. They're all so true. Like you're saying, each one of them, and I'm like, I have so many thoughts on each one because yeah. I think they're all so true. And so many people are having like a mixed cocktail of all of those things going on on every. <laughs> Right. And we've, we've talked a lot about attachment on this show and something, um, something we continue to talk about because it just threads through a bunch of different things. Um, but in, at the beginning of any relationship, when you're first meeting someone, there is no possibility to have a secure attachment, right? And so when we don't have that secure base or secure attachment, we are automatically going to feel anxious about it. Yeah, no, I actually had someone on a podcast I was on the other day asking why I think dating can be so anxiety-inducing. That's exactly what I was saying. The uncertainty. Like, it is just a natural human reaction to feel anxious in this scenario where you like someone and you're just not sure where you stand with them. Like, any sort of uncertainty makes me stressed out, let alone, like, that high-stakes, vulnerable, like, in-your-emotions-level uncertainty. Okay, I have another question because you talked to all these people, right? So it's so interesting here. I think some people, one of our therapists came in the other day and she picked up the book and she was reading it, just getting into because now we got a million copies. We're so excited. Um, thank you, by the way. Thank you. And one of our clinicians picks it up and she goes, I, my issue was that I needed to stop fucking sending the text. My <laughs> issue was that I needed to rein it the fuck in. Mm -hmm. And so I'm wondering your thoughts about that because that's still anxiety. Yeah, I think that is too. And I think like, in the book, just send the text is a metaphor, right? Like, it's not just sending the text. It's doing what feels the most authentic to you and feels like the healthiest mm -hmm. for you. And there's even a chapter where I talk about there's certain people that you just shouldn't, you shouldn't send the text to. Like, that is, <laughs> you do. Like, that is sending the text in that moment. Like, it's taking care of yourself, right? And I think, like, if you're sending a bunch of texts and that feels like you're putting yourself out there in this big way and that's important to you, that's one thing. But if you're doing it as almost like an anxious knee jerk reaction, because you're wanting to keep them and like, that's your way of doing that. Well, that's, that's back to being a Eunice. Like that's back to being in that like toxic place. Right. Cause you're reacting out of anxiety instead of something that feels authentic. Like, Oh, I really want to tell this person all of these things. Exactly. Like yeah. when I would make up random things to just my now husband, I would just make up random things to text him. So he'd text me back. Like, I oh, definitely have done that so many yeah, times. right. Like, like I, I think that's common. Yeah, like I was just making up shit. I was like, ha, ah, I just watched this thing. Me, <laughs> my no, I didn't. Oh, yeah. you just want some sort of conversation. Yeah, it was 100. Oh, I've done that so many times. <laughs> I'll like make up a picture of something and be like, oh, well, I, I saw this and it made me think of you. <laughs> One time I, I was dating a guy. <laughs> oh God, this is bad. Um, and he was very intelligent, like way smarter than me. And he was like, oh, like, what do you like to do in your free time? I'm like, read, just, I read a lot. <laughs> I read all the time. Right now I'm reading this like big book. I wasn't. <laughs> it's really big. It's huge. It's the encyclopedia. I read the encyclopedia <laughs> cover to cover. <laughs> Yeah. Well, did, did he ask you for proof? No, I was just like, no, I'm just this smart. Up, like, what book? Yeah, no, thank God. I, uh, uh, I don't know what I would say. 
I was obviously not reading any books at the time. But it's a perfect example of like things you make up in order to be accepted. And in the end, it wasn't a good match, right? Like I wasn't going to read as many books as he was reading. There was no chance. Was he even reading books or did you assume? No, he was going to Harvard. (laughs) I know. (laughs) But his parents get him in. I don't. I don't think so. That's what's scary. Oh, wow. I know. So we actually got it a mayor alone. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you, we, wouldn't you pretend like you read a lot of books? I would. Yeah. I feel really intimidated. Yeah. I would pretend that I. I would probably if I was going to make up a lie, just to like show everyone like where I was at in my early twenties. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, I, I do crew. Like I would make up something <laughs> real. Crew. Cool. I like you know I'm gonna wear a polo I don't know I would have done something do you remember do you remember the double polo popped collar of course I do because I wore a lime green and a hot pink one and yes I the watermelon double popped lacoste polo the watermelon was a huge look <laughs> huge <laughs> you had to like get starch on those collars in order to get them to stick up straight I think it's funny because we're sitting here having these conversations and like we're talking also is like sometimes what goes into like deep shame like the people we have been and the things we have done in our life but like we're not these bad people like we truly just want connection you want to be accepted like when you're doing that stuff it's truly just because you do want connection and i think that's this other thing that it has become so embarrassing to admit that you want a relationship yeah right like because we like think like oh like well you're needy or desperate or just like be happy being alone or like this is my the worst thing the worst thing i think you can say to someone is well no one will ever love you until you love yourself Uh, who made that up where did that come from and so like like, the reality is is, like you are it's totally normal to want to be with another human (laughs) yeah 100 percent. it's just like you want companionship like there's nothing wrong with that at all no right and so like you're saying is like how do you so like what do you think because like i think everyone needs to read this book first of all if you are dating you have to read this book but what do you think like when you become this when you're trying to have this authentic genuine part of yourself how do you suggest people do that i think it's hard like i think that's the first thing you have to accept like it's not easy like for me i really like have to force myself to switch into being like that and it did not come naturally like <laughs> at all <laughs> well don't you feel like lying comes easier sometimes than telling so the truth easier it's so much easier to like put up this front and pretend like you don't care and have your guards up and just pretend like oh well, like I, i'm i'm too cool i'm, like, I'm like, cool i don't care I'm cool i don't care and like then you're like I, i'm saving face like i don't have to embarrass i don't have to add insult to injury you know like when this inevitably ends because I do think also so many people are dating under the just like assumption that it's going to end because everything before this whatever it is situationship let's call it (laughs) everything before (laughs) before this ended so why would this be any different like I think I was like that a lot and a lot of the girls I talked to for the book were like that and like why would they not think that way like of course so I have a question. What are your thoughts about like app-based dating? Because a lot of the questions we get is like, how do I be authentic in these profiles? A lot of people are struggling with what to write, of how to feel natural. Because it feels like, you know, if you're on something, I feel like, you know, Hinge has more information. But, you know, we're looking at like this like minor thing. So people like, I either have to put the best goddamn pictures I could ever imagine up. It's a higher writer. It's a higher writer. Like, so, like, what are your thoughts about, like, how do you do that? Because you're really good about having your authentic voice in writing. What would you have some tips for other people? I think, I mean, just, like, a writing tip in general that was one of my old editors gave this to me. I think it's the best advice. Write like you would talk. Like, if it's not something you would say out loud, don't have that on your profile. Mm. Like, that's what makes you sound authentic in writing in general. Mm. Uh, But as far as just, like, I think the best thing to do is try to meet in person as soon as possible. I mean, now it's hard because we're in the middle of a pandemic. Right, right, right. Challenging. <laughs> These sort of like real conversation because the texting like is kind of hard. Like there, you can only be so much yourself in that. Like before it either goes into that, like 
joke town of like you're like ping pongy like joking with each other and it's not really real like you're not right. like a weird surface level conversation mm-hmm. and a real date never comes of it right or it's just like the awkward like how was your day how was your day because some people just might not be natural like textures or writers or things like that like there's so much more you can learn from a person in a real conversation in real time So it brings up this part of right now dating during the pandemic, which is like a lot of us don't have shit to say. Right. right? So you're like, how was your day? And it's like, well, I went from the living room to the kitchen. Right. And like when people are saying, what's new? And you're like, literally nothing. <laughs> Actually, nothing so is new. I've had a lot of clients be like, I feel like I'm so boring right now. Mm-hmm. I have nothing to say. Like, I don't know what to say in these conversations. Like they feel very anxiety producing as it is. And then it feels like I truly have nothing to report because there's nothing going on in my life. What what are your thoughts about like saying this out loud to people, right? Like when you are dating to be like, hey, I feel like I'm really boring right now because I'm like not a lot's going on. So I don't, you know, that that's a level of authenticity. I love that. I think that would be so authentic. And also odds are the person you're talking to feels the same way. 100%. Do that right now. And like that could be something you literally bond over. Like we both feel so boring right now. Like I've been doing nothing. What has your doing nothing looked like? This is what I'm Lana, what's your doing nothing look like? Oh, that's good. And also, like, I think, I think too, when we're in our heads or we're anxious about dating or connecting, that we do forget that the other person is probably feeling very similarly. Why wouldn't they be? I talk about that big time in the book, but like, we put these people on a pedestal as if they're this like amazing human who has no issues. And like, we're this like weird freak, like a Eunice trying to get their attention. Like, that it's a person like it's just another human being right they're going through the same things they're probably going to be really excited to hear from you nine times out of ten well and also let your freak flag fly beautiful (laughs) go be that freak right like fucking go on with your bad self and do that okay wait there's something else you really talked about the book which i want to get to which is you talked a lot about feeling your feelings regarding breakup and rejection and you know as therapist we love a feeling we love feeling your feelings (laughs) so Talk, talk to us about like the Eunice versus the you in this situation. Yeah. So I think like a very Eunice response is, and I mean, I want to be clear. I say this as someone who's like done this. I'm not shaming anyone who's <laughs> this, but like, especially I think casual relationships have become so much more common. Like I went on a girls got to eat and talked about entering my first relationship at 23 and I got so many messages from girls being like, I thought I was the only one who's never been in a serious relationship. I felt like I was so weird. It's like, no, it's so normal now because like just the script for dating has changed so much. Mm. Um, but I think with that comes like you have these weird situations where it doesn't feel like it was a real relationship. It feels more like, oh, it was casual. You've been like telling yourself it was casual for so long, but then it ends and it hurts. Like you could have spent a significant amount of time with that person and you want to pretend like it doesn't hurt. Like a Eunice would pretend like it doesn't hurt because you're like, well, it, I, I can't be like crazy. Like it, it didn't mean anything. Like it was casual. I can't be upset by this. Like I have no right to be complaining about this to my friends. It wasn't a real breakup. Like I don't deserve to have real feelings about it. That's not fair. Like, I'm a huge proponent of if you're hurt, like it was a real breakup, mourn it like it was a real breakup. Absolutely. Which, which makes so much sense. And I think that's part of the way in which, you know, women are sometimes gaslighted is, oh, well, we weren't in a relationship anyway. Like, why should this be something you're upset about? Or they gaslight themselves. And I think that too, some of the pain that we feel from rejection or breakups, um, is really hard. Like it's hard to process. And so I think the way in which we try to deal with that sometimes that ends up hurting us is we blame ourselves where we're like, okay, well, what can I change? What can I do differently? What did I do wrong? Because that's what we have control over, right? So like, if I blame myself, then maybe I can take control over the situation. When in reality, like you're just treating yourself like shit and you're making the breakup even harder. Totally. Like, you're like, what, what did I do? What was it about me that was so like undateable? Like, why am I not girlfriend material? Like, what do I need to change next time? And it's just like, 
that you're literally you're it's adding insult to injury it's being so upset and then on top of that being like no i i deserve to be so upset because i'm such a shitty undateable person right right and i'm just gonna keep blaming myself because then maybe i think i think the the thing that ends up happening is like we we think if we blame ourselves we'll be able to take ourselves out of this rejection or like out of this pain or we can protect ourselves which doesn't end up happening well so that can happen again what causes i think also is like then are you looking at like confirmation bias where then are you selecting people who are already giving you red flags you're ignoring because you're making a confirmation bias that you're not worthy of love Oof. right like people can sometimes show you early on that they're fucking assholes and as someone who's done the legwork, um, literally and figuratively, um, <laughs> uh, a lot of people, you just are like, oh, what do you mean? He's so funny. You're like, no, he's an asshole. Right, like he's a jerk. Yeah, he's like being like genuinely rude to you. And like in college, I was like, oh, but like, isn't that adorable? Isn't he cute how he doesn't text me? Like, isn't that cute yeah. that he ignores me in front of his friends? And I was like, oh, yeah. No, he's just like so sarcastic. Yes. <laughs> our banter. Right. Like our banter. We're just mean to each other. It's fine. <laughs> well, it goes to this thing that we talk about often, which is like, is stability sexy? Mm. Right? Like, is a healthy person what's happening that we often reject healthy people? Yeah. 100%. Like, I think even when I, speaking of therapy, <laughs> when I first entered my current relationship, which was my first real relationship, I had to spend so much time with my therapist just talking about how like this feels so different from what I'm used to equating in my head with love or I don't think I really ever loved any of those but I thought I did sometimes in like love or strong like or whatever because it was such a high like there was this like high highs low lows like so anxious like when you didn't hear from them by like whatever time or like crying in a bathroom stall to your friends like all of these like intense feelings like feeling like you could like do cartwheels across the room just because they texted you or like one time the bare minimum (laughs) the bare minimum yes the bare minimum I remember there was one guy that I was seeing who I like so much and I had to end it like I should have ended it if I look back on it like that's when I should have ended it but it he basically told me it wasn't gonna go anywhere and I was like okay I I tried to end it then, but I was like, I just liked him too much. I was such yeah. a about it at the time. Like, I just was like, I can't. And so there's an example of a time when you're a Eunice and maybe like not sending the texts about right, it. Right. And um, I, we did like a compromise of like, it would, we'd wait a week and then I'd let him know what I was thinking. Like after a week, we'd take space and then I'd let him know. And I remember my dad was in town and I was like a wreck over this the whole time. And he finally texted me like halfway through the week, like earlier than expected and said, Hey, he didn't live in New York. He was like, Hey, by the way, that trip I was planning, um, actually isn't going to happen anymore. Uh, FYI. <laughs> I think that's all the text. Was. <laughs> I was like, he loves me. <laughs> he, oh my God. He texted, And I remember reading it to my dad and my dad being like, what <laughs> oh my god who loves me this, this is your proclamation of love <laughs> and I kind of knowing that it wasn't like I wanted to like almost lie to my dad but like the text was right there like I couldn't I mean, no there's there's more coming or something I'm crying I mean, I'm crying okay. okay so freshman year of college I was like obsessed with this older guy. <laughs> it was like he was like three years older, and I just thought this guy was a fucking asshole. By the way, but I was like, this is the bee's knees. Like, this is the love of my life. He's so amazing. He me anytime I saw him out. It just texted me later. Yeah, you guys were in love. I was like, yeah, we're in love. This is and there was a time that I was like, all right, I'm like not going to text him first and I'm going to ignore him when I walk into the frat party. Good job. <laughs> Good job. How did that go? He texted me at like 3 a.m. like you up. And I was like, I've seen like, you hey, <laughs> Got him. Oh, he's so into me. <laughs> and, and honestly, like, and now we're married. Yeah. <laughs> 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 probably, spoiler alert they're probably, together probably never talked to me again. every great love story 
right? Yeah. And obviously, it didn't go anywhere. The guy never talked to me again because he had genuinely no interest, and he made it very clear. But I was going to find some reason of why he was the one for me. He was not. And but but it makes so much sense. Like those are the ways we try to control situations that are out of your control, right? Like I'm gonna ignore him when I go go into the party because I know that that is gonna control whether he likes me or not. Yeah, I'll trick him into liking I'm gonna trick him. I walk past him all confident. But it's interesting. I really like the thing you said, Candace, about how like it's confusing when you get into a stable relationship after being in such instability and being like, Oh, this is love. Like when, when someone's not texting me and I'm like freaking out about it, I must be in love with them yeah, because yeah. it, it very much like mimics almost like an addiction cycle, right? Like when you're getting the text or you're with them, like you're getting this high, yes. And then they're not talking to you because they're a dick and not, maybe they're not interested. I know. And, and they're ignoring it. Often they're being very honest and I'm still we're like, no, 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 no. They're in love with me. No, because we, because I think that, and if you think it just about media in general or like movies that we see that like, movies aren't going to be exciting unless there's this huge like up and down right like if you're getting a movie about a stable relationship like that movie is going to be like pretty boring and so we like are inundated with these messages about like this is what love is and it's going to be this up and down and there's drama right so big fight this grand gesture like there's going to be all of these things that real love really isn't that like real love is more just like warm authentic real like someone that you feel like you can really be yourself with and they really love that and you can do the same for them like you can let them show up exactly as they are right there's like safety in it yeah Yeah, safe like it's that's not a sexy word to you (laughs) it's not yeah but it's right so this idea of like stability and safety isn't sexy and so this idea also then doesn't feel that sexy to be authentic and real in these text messages, right? It feels a lot sexier to play the game and do the other things and whatever. And, but does it, I think you have to think about what you're looking for. Are you looking for passion? Or are you looking for a long-term relationship? Because it's going to give you different results. Yeah. 100%. We can talk to you all day. Constantly. But, but it's a good segue because we, we did some more research. <laughs> Because apparently we do research these days, yeah. (laughs) And and so we were mentioning authenticity. So we asked our followers why it's hard to be authentic when dating. And the most common answers were, you don't want to come on too strong. Vulnerability is hard. Fear of being judged or deemed unworthy. Fear of disapproval or dislike. We're all afraid of rejection, even if we don't end up liking the other person not knowing ourselves because we don't love everything about ourselves. So we assume they won't either. That's kind of the thing of you have to love yourself first. The one we're pushing back against Um, too much value placed on having a partner, right? That makes sense. Past experiences. I've been myself and it hasn't worked out and don't want to get hurt. So a lot of these are protective, right? Like there's a lot of like, I need to protect myself, because it is really, and let's just validate this, dating is really terrifying and can be really, really scary. Like to put yourself, to actively put yourself in a situation where there is the possibility of you being rejected, like that is scary. Well, and there's actual, we have to remember there's actual chemical parts of this, right? So our oxytocin is released from the uterus up to your amygdala. And this is so wild, but like if that oxytocin isn't, and like the, the most interesting thing is we talk about oxytocin um, so much as like the sex hormone, um, but really most people release oxytocin when they're like hugging a loved one, right? So like kids release the highest amount of oxytocin when they're um, hugging their parents. And so when that oxytocin is going, it, re- it relaxes that amygdala. And if we don't have enough of it, we don't have enough of that safety, if we don't have enough of that security, that amygdala is going to turn into a lighthouse and it's going to look for any potential sign of danger to ruminate on. So it's like literally a chemical thing that's happening that makes you feel out of control. Once again, blame your hormones. It's a fa- favorite activity. <laughs> it's my hormones' fault. It's my hormones. It's fine. <laughs> No, I- oh, so you, it's scary. So I think that that just like validating the fact that it's scary and it is chemical, like the way that our body releases these chemicals, um, it can just be really, really terrifying in those moments because we don't have that level of attachment. We don't have that safety. Candace, have you applied these, these 
principles to your own relationship. Let's talk about you. (laughs) Let's talk about me. Okay. I have, and like I said, it was not easy. (laughs) It does not come at natural. I mean, at this point, I think I have a better relationship for it. Like, I'm not, like, really feeling, like, super anxious in my relationship four and a half years into it. But, like, at the beginning, I tried really hard to do it differently. Like, I wanted it to be more authentic. I wanted to stop. I just was so sick of that feeling of regret. Like, I felt like I looked back on every other person. I mean, this was, like, slightly before him. I think I, like, dated a few people who I tried to do this with, and it didn't, like, pan out great in terms of, like, ending up together. But I don't regret it as much. I don't have that feeling of, like, oh, like, what if I had done things differently? What if they knew the real me? Like, I just was so sick of feeling like that. So I kind of just forced myself to be more me like it was like I and like be more vulnerable even when it didn't feel like natural to me at all I talk about this in the book but like when we my now we're engaged my fiance and I were first hooking up I saw that he still had bubble on his phone and like we weren't exclusive or anything so he was allowed technically also I want to be clear I was not looking through his phone (laughs) his phone and we would support you even if you were this that's is no so, shame episode that's so it's nice it's a no shame podcast no shame. i love that but i'm just like i didn't make that clear in the book and i just want to put it out <laughs> <laughs> we'll make a psa when we yeah, post it i wasn't going through his phone but anyway he was showing me something i saw that bumble was on there and lost it <laughs> like like we were saying like real love feels very comfortable and easy and like the whole beginning of our relationship felt so just like different from my norm of like it was so easy like I had those moments where like I'd be like oh my god it's 2 p.m and I haven't heard from him and then he'd just like call me like to just chat like it was just these things that felt so like oh this doesn't need to be like so like scary but then I saw Bumble and it like threw me right back at square one I went full Eunice so scared um and my normal reaction to that would have been to just swallow it and not say anything and like freak out about that to my friends privately for a long time and then probably be so weird around him that it fizzled out um but I was like no I'm gonna try to like do this differently and actually say something and I remember I was going to Italy the next day for a week and the next morning I was like okay I'm gonna I'm going to say it before I go. Well, at first I was going to say it the night before I left, but then I ended up drinking too much. And I was like, it's, I don't want to do it drunk. That would be something the old me did. Good <laughs> so, advice. Yes. So I was like, okay, I'll do it in the morning. And I wake up in the morning and I'm like gearing up to say something. And I just was like, oh my God, I have to throw up. <laughs> so I just, I threw up instead of saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what happens when you stuff down feelings, everyone. You won't exactly be- like literally. It was making me. I mean, I'm a like I'm a thrower upper when I'm anxious. Like that's just how my body reacts. But I just it could have also been my hangover from drinking the night before. Right, right. Conversation was really not great. So I threw up. Went to Italy with my friends. Was spiraling about it pretty much the whole trip. Came back, and finally was like, I'm gonna do it. Like I'm gonna try again. Which is just. I can't emphasize enough how difficult that was for me. Like that was not normal for me. Like I'm just in life, not a super confrontational person, um, let alone in relationships at that point. Um, But I did it. I brought it up and he was so nice about it. And so just like, oh yeah, yeah, like I just had it on my phone. I'll I'll delete it right now. I thought we were exclusive. And I was like, oh, (laughs) did you? (laughs) You're like, wow, really wish I could go back to a week ago and enjoy my time in Italy. Literally, just think about that, like, energy and, like, the throw-up and all of that that I could have saved. Yes. Said something. And, like, it just made me think of, like, every other person I dated when I didn't say those things and I did freak out so much. It would have been so much easier if I just said something. And, like, even if he had said, hey, yeah, sorry, like, I still want to be on this. I didn't know that you were thinking, like, yeah, that would have, like, hurt, but it wouldn't have been that anxiety like that right still gives you information Mm -hmm. I can't because he handled it so well like I feel like it made me more comfortable to bring things up in our relationship moving forward and now like 
Yeah, I'm too comfortable. Like, Absolutely. No, bring things up all the time. No, it, like it created a level of safety in your relationship to go through that, to feel the anxiety, to express it to him and have him respond to you by like really holding that space and saying like, oh yeah, completely. Like I, I'm going to give you the space to be able to say what you're feeling and what you're going through. And so it's, and that's something you kind of have to go through at the beginning of relationships is like figuring out if it's safe to bring those things up. And it sounds like he responded to you in a way that was very like really really helpful for you like validating right like we were saying like there are so many guys who just make you feel crazy yep like gaslight you and be like well why were you looking at my phone or why what do you care like this isn't a thing like I just did a poll on my Instagram of it's another project I'm working on on like no label type relationships and I asked people what's the most like stressful part of them and so I responded that in quotes this isn't a thing I was like getting hit with that it's just like Oh, well, I guess I don't matter. Right. I I know I've talked about this before on another episode, but the moment I knew that I wanted to marry my husband was when I was being real unhinged. (laughs) Really (laughs) the next level shit I was pulling out, a lot of drunk calling, a lot of, of, I was really going next level. And he called me so calmly the next day and was like, listen, you, you, are being way too much and i really like you but like if this continues i'm out and like right like at the time i know very so healthy no he's much better attachment than i do (laughs) he like like so healthy is so reasonable and like at first i was like oh my god like fuck him this is what he's saying and then i was like oh wait no straight up like i need to hear that like i needed somebody to put a boundary down and i had a choice in that moment which is to react and totally spiral from that or to actually hear someone to not take it personal and to say like all right like they're setting a boundary i can respect it or i can't Mm -hmm. and i think that that matters and we can do that as women as well to say like hey like this actually doesn't work for me right like the not label doesn't work for me they're not anything or they're having the bum on the phone any of those things you're also allowed to say that too you don't just have to ask the other person so i love this idea about like the only way to do that is to simply do it is to actually have a conversation to talk about it and you you clearly cared about him enough to to not take to to really work through that for yourself and sure i'm sure that was a 48 hour spiral totally but that's okay you still cared because you could have very easily just been like oh well screw you you know like i'm but but clearly you cared about him enough to say okay i respect this boundary because i care about this person and so i think on the flip side of it if you're setting a boundary with someone else and saying listen this doesn't work for me if they care about you and if they're invested in the relationship, it's going to be a signal where they're like, okay, I can respect that. And here, here, you know, here's how we can communicate through that. I mean, I think I, at the time, thinking back to this, I thought what I was doing was cute. Like, I, <laughs> like I I'm curious as to what you were doing. <laughs> like calling a lot and getting interested oh. and like being impulsive. Oh, that's cute. I think that's cute. It wasn't, it wasn't cute. It wasn't but a good I look. I see like, when I think about myself in college, like I understand the thought process of thinking it was cute. Yeah. I thought it was cute. Like, I don't know. And I think because so everything else was so unhealthy and that's what I was judging it by. I was like, oh, like that's like, it's like your, your romance in college is getting drunk and, and drunk dialing people. Right. It literally is what like courtship is in college. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, our first date was, he asked me to pregame. So that that's romantic thank you you're welcome okay like i said we could literally talk to you all day candace what is the number one thing you want people to know from your book what's your takeaway my main takeaway is just be yourself the right person will be into it that's it. beautiful yeah beautiful all right just send the text out anywhere can find it how can people connect with you give us your info you can follow me on Instagram at Candice Jalili, J-A-L-I-L-I. I know that trips people up. <laughs> um, and buy my book. That's the best way to do it. There you go. Buy the book and, read, and leave an Amazon review. A good leave one. You know, it's mostly Arthur's. Yes. My mom, her friends right now. <laughs> Perfect. You can hang out with Candace's mom on Amazon review. <laughs> you review it. Yeah. Thank you for being Thank you so much. You're incredible. Okay. So hot. Dream come true moment. <laughs> <laughs>